This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straup, welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday. January 5th, 2021. This is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups episode. It's a veteran heavy episode laden with veteran players, some familiar names who happen to be out there in some fantasy leagues worth your consideration. That and much more is coming up on the show. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Right now, we welcome in my co-host, Steve Alexander. Steve, what are you doing? I mean, not literally right now, but what are you doing just in general? (laughs) Well, I recorded five videos today talking about various players, and that is always nerve-wracking for me, but they seem to go okay. Um, You're traumatized by the, uh, who was it that we were just talking about last time? Will be an extraordinary, oh, DeLon Wright, your DeLon Wright video. Yeah, then right after that, I mean, he had a dud, but then he went off, and now he's sort of a dud again, but... Yeah, he um, probably went off on Monday night because... Someone, oh, Josh Jackson was out for the Pistons on Monday night, I believe, as of this recording. So, yeah, Josh Jackson's out. Uh, Blake Griffin is out. I'm loading up on some DeLon Wright and some Sadiq Bay and maybe even some Sekou Dumboya in some DFS. So, if you find yourself looking at box scores and thinking, ooh, DeLon Wright is back, I let's let's hold off on that one. I've already been down that road multiple times this season and I'm. I'm gonna try not to drive down it again for a little while here. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um yeah, I I think when we look at the box score from Monday, Delon Wright probably is going to have decent numbers in there. Um yeah, a little side note, if it sounds like my house is falling down, my son is literally bawling out in his bedroom right below me. He's got a 
He's got a Mavericks hoop on the back of his door, and it's almost indestructible. The last one we had lasted like nine months of him just throwing down. It's funny. There's a chance you might be hearing the crashing that was going on in the background of my house. My two kids have been running around the house, slamming. We have multiple dog gates right now because we have a puppy. They've been slamming every gate. And I like—I just think all they're doing is going back and forth between the same gate, just slamming it every time. Yeah, and my kid, when he exits his bedroom, that door slams every time. I mean, he <laughs> cannot shut it quietly. But um, but yeah, uh, videos, podcasts, blurbing up nine games on a busy Monday yesterday. So Mondays, Matt, for you and I have become kind of manic. Mondays are wild. I'm now at the moment hosting the Roto World Football Podcast. In addition to this one, so <laughs> a lot going on, a lot on uh, on both of our plates on Mondays. Hey, before we get before we dive into this thing, uh, just a quick note: uh, if you can pick up Joe Harris or possibly get a hold of Karis Levert or some something like that, the Nets play a Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday schedule this week, and. Just by picking up Joe Harris, you could possibly gain three or four games on your opponent in a head-to-head match because the schedule is so light on Tuesday and Thursday and Sunday, kind of, uh, that you can play him all three of those days, whereas the guy you may have in your lineup right now is sitting on the bench on Monday and Wednesday and Friday. So that's my my little gift to our listeners today. Thank you. I want to thank you on behalf of them for that gift. Uh, Steve, let's get into some of these waiver wire pickups. I promised veterans, and I'm going to hit you with one right away. Eric Gordon is already 39% rostered after his return. He scored 17 and 21 points in his first two games, three three pointers in each one. He also had two steals in each of his first two games. And by the way, this was all prior to Monday night's game. Now, the points and threes you can pretty much bank on, but the steals. I want to warn fantasy managers, many of whom may be already aware, you can't really count on those quite so much. In fact, I looked at this, Steve. Every year Eric Gordon has been in Houston, the last four seasons, he has somehow averaged exactly 0.6 steals per game. Oh, interesting. That's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. It's also not a good number for fantasy. I mean, that that is uh, a serious anchor in steals. Uh, So Gordon points and threes pretty much only... And I think he's much more appealing in a deeper league. Yeah, it also depends on if he's hitting his shots on any given night. And, you know, the Saturday game you mentioned where he had 21 points and three threes, he was 3 of 12 and 7 of 18 from the floor, 3 of 12 from downtown. Jimmy Harden was not playing in that game either. So I suspect uh, when we're looking at box scores this morning, Gordon probably did not go nuts because Harden and Christian Wood are going to do most of the heavy lifting there. Bobby Portis is, I think, an interesting case, Steve. The backup center for the Bucks has been feasting somewhat in some lopsided games. Prior to Monday, he had averaged 10.8 points, 7.7 rebounds, 0.7 steals, 0.8 blocks, 0.8 threes. On the one hand, you look at this and you say, well, the Bucks can't have lopsided games like this all season. On the other hand, I would say the Bucks are kind of built to crush teams in the regular season. They're good at crushing teams in the regular season. So I think Portis is going to get plenty of chances, especially it's looking like the Bucks want to keep 
Brooke Lopez fresh. Portis is very much carving out a 50-50, if not slightly more, in that center platoon. I thought you were going to say Portis is carving out a role of being very serviceable and very intriguing. Um, (laughs) He has been serviceable and intriguing both. Uh, On Friday, he had 13 points, 12 boards, and two blocks for really his best game of the season, but he's quietly scored in double digits in five straight games and the rebounds are there and he he's a he's a shot blocking kind of guy so there's some shot blocks he had a steal in four straight games and he's he's hit five three-pointers over his last four so there's a lot to be intrigued about with Bobby Portis I actually picked him up Monday morning in two leagues I believe and we're gonna see what happens I said he was carving out slightly more of that center platoon. Well, 23 minutes per game for Portis, and he's shooting really well, 40, nearly 42% on three-pointers. Uh, but he's been a pretty good three-point shooter, 36% in his career. So he's on a good team to carve out value, uh, obviously a really good offense. So playing half the game equals some fantasy value for Portis. Also, those minutes are a little deceiving because – He's played at least 25 minutes in four of his last five. Yeah, good clarification. And by the way, the margins in Bucks games this season, let's just run down this real quick. Lost by one, won by 39, lost by 20, won by 47, lost by 11, won by 30. So the Bucks have just had an absolutely frenetic 3-3 three and three start to this season. But it all adds up to some value for Bobby Portis. Yeah. George Hill, Steve, former Milwaukee Buck, had an 18.5 assist, two steal, three three-pointer game over the weekend. Prior to Monday, Hill was averaging 15.3 points, 4.0 dimes. We know OKC is prioritizing young guys, but for now, there is quite a bit of George Hill going on, and I got to say, I kind of like it. Yeah, I'm going to drop a name here. Uh, I've been chatting a lot with a guy named Adam Schefter. Uh, He's a football guy uh, you, you may have heard of him well but. yes yes i i host a football podcast now steve so i've become familiar with that name <laughs> but he was talking about george hill and i was like eh i'm not really buying it he's like i am so <laughs> okay that's that's where we are on george hill but uh yeah george hill's been pretty good better than i expected him to be and even though he's sort of holding back Lou Dort a little bit. Like, I'd like to see Lou Dort just get out there and and ball out in the kitchen. But George Hill's kind of holding him back, you know, 25 minutes a game, 15 points, pretty good numbers, a a steal a game, four assists, hitting some threes. So I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm kind of waiting for Dort and Darius Baisley to both just kind of catch fire at the same time. But until it happens, George Hill looks decent. And also, on that same note, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has not been quite the dominant force we thought he was going to be thus far. There's plenty of time for him to get it turned around. I'm not really worried. But there's there's a lot of guys that could knock George Hill off track at any time. That's true. And Baisley had a nice game, I think, over the weekend, 19 points, 11 boards. So he was trending in the right direction as this week got started. SGA was kind of interesting because he shot okay his first few games. The next couple, the shooting percentage was pretty ugly. But still, I mean, through his first five games, he was averaging 6.8 assists per game. So that was more than double last year's average. So 
that's headed in the right direction. His three-pointers are up, at least the makes are. His percentage is down. So shooting only 29% on threes, he was a 35% shooter last year. I think the shot's going to come around. You know, we may not see him be that 47% shooter he was last year, but I th- still think 44 45% once his once his three ball normalizes a little bit, I think he will be all right. Yeah, I'm not worried. Justin Holiday is a mere 11% rostered as of this recording, Steve. TJ Warren reportedly out indefinitely after foot surgery. Holiday had 12 points, one steal, one block, and four threes on Saturday. They were set to play again on Monday. Holiday is not going to be a massive ceiling guy, but he's a pretty clear pickup to me uh, in fantasy leagues just for the threes and steals, if nothing else. Yeah, the 1.5 steals are pretty fun. He does hit threes. I am intrigued by his teammate Doug McDermott as well. Um, kind of hoping McDermott does something this week. The Pacers only play three times, so he's not in any of my lineups. But he had that 18.9 rebound game with three threes uh, last Thursday. He got a 16 game, 16 point game in there. He's got a 12 and a 13. He does not steal or block, and that is a problem, but he's also super cheap in DFS, and he's available in almost every league. So I think if you're looking for steals, you go Holiday, and if you are looking for points and boards, you go McDermott. Holiday, just for his career, by the way, per 36 minutes for his career, Holiday averaging 1.6 steals, 0.7 blocks, and 2.33 pointers. So there's the blueprint for his success right there. And by the way, on the same team, I've been looking at Aaron Holiday, his brother, but he had one good game, one bad one, has started some. But uh, yeah, Holiday has not been getting it done, but he's certainly on my watch list as well. Yeah, I think if something were to happen to Victor Oladipo, which I hope it doesn't, then you're going to want to look at Aaron Bud. As long as Depot and Malcolm Brogdon are both upright and able to walk, Aaron is going to struggle. Is this next guy intriguing, Steve? No, but Bismack Biombo, who is 30% rostered, is serviceable right now. 10.3 points, 7.7 rebounds, some sneaky value with assists, 2.7 per game, and 1.0 blocks as he fills in for the injured Cody Zeller. You know, Biombo's been putting up some nice lines, not a lot of duds recently. I think you can kind of put him in your lineup and forget about him and in a good way until Zeller's back. Yeah, I agree, and I, I am intrigued by Biombo. I did not pick him up anywhere, but ever since Cody Zeller went down, and he's going to be down for a while, Biombo's been blocking shots, scoring points, getting rebounds, and that's that's really all you all you want him to do. He also shoots incredible field goal percentage because he never shoots it further away from than two feet from the hoop. Uh, so that is also intriguing. The assists are really an interesting development. Is it an outlier? Maybe, maybe not. But he has three games of four or more assists already this season. His career high in assists prior to this year is 0.9. Right now he's at 2.7. So we're only looking at a six-game sample. So that easily could change. But again, some sneaky additional value for a guy who's mainly a rebounds and blocks guy. You know, one thing about Biombo is he has quietly become a veteran leader on that team, and I think guys look up to him. I think he keeps guys in check, and I think he – I kind of get the sense that he likes uh, distributing the ball and trying to keep his teammates involved. So I would not be surprised if he isn't good for three three or four assists a game. All right, Steve. 
keeping it with uh, with centers for a moment, we talked about Nas Reed last week. And this is really just a quick reminder, a quick mention. He's still only 25% rostered. Carl Anthony Towns still sidelined over his last four games, Reed averaging 13 points per game, 4.5 boards, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 0.8 threes. Anything to add for you on Nas Reed before we move onward? Uh, no other than where is Carl Anthony Towns? Where are the updates? Uh, what is going on? This is a similar feel to what we were going through last year when he was just mysteriously gone. And while we're asking Timberwolves-related questions, I'll ask the same one I ask every time we record this podcast. Why did I draft Ricky Rubio this season? <laughs> it's tearing me apart. Oh, yeah, it's rough. And and our friend Jared is desperately trying to trade me Ricky Rubio for Draymond Green. And I don't <laughs> I don't love having either one of those guys on my fantasy team. And I feel like I'm just trading like a bag of stale Lay's for a bag of stale Cheetos. You know, I don't, I don't really see any advantage to making that move. And, and Dre is playing his way back into shape and has a chance to come on and do something, which Rubio does too. We, we've talked about it. Rubio is a second-half player. so No, um, absolutely. Eventually, we're going to be mad that we don't have Ricky Rubio, probably. Well, I'm going to have Ricky Rubio because I'm not going to trade him for nothing. I'm not going to drop him. He's just going to take up a bench spot on the rosters where I have him for a month or two, and then he'll figure it out or someone will get hurt and all of a sudden it'll be like oh ricky rubio's back that's great yes in the meantime though it's maddening uh steve shake milton is a guy i was watching slash will be watching in monday night's game just to review he started out with a 19 point game then a few duds in a row but came back with 14 and 18 points in consecutive games both of those fairly easy sixers wins so you could put an asterisk by those but he was building some momentum if Shake Milton had a strong game on Monday, I would once again be considering an ad, particularly in a in a slightly deeper league. He was 21% rostered as of this taping. Did those two games from Shake Milton, possibly now three, depending on what he did on Monday, do anything for you, Steve? Not really. <laughs> like we talked about before, I, I kind of jumped into the Shake Milton theory last season, and it didn't really work out that well. And it's He's just a bundle of inconsistency. You know, mm. he's, he's 1.2 steals, two or 1.33s so far this year. It's all right. I, I would just rather pick up a guy like Josh Jackson or a guy like uh, Kyle Anderson or, you know, maybe even look at a guy like Kelly Olenek rather than just the ups and downs that come with rostering shake. Speaking of waiver claims, if you find yourself up against the clock to get your claims in or you can't decide who to start as tip-off approaches, save time and make the best decisions with our all-new NBA League Sync tool. League Sync pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to show you who the best available players are on the wire, who you should start, who you should bench, and much more. Let League Sync do all the work and you can take all of the glory. Get League Sync, our DFS tools, and our draft and season tools as part of the Edge Plus Pro Tier. Go to rotoworld.com slash edge for more and use promo code NBAPOD10 for $10 off any annual premium package. That is a time saver, by the way, because with my 10 or so Yahoo rosters to go through them individually, I could literally spend like two or three hours a day 
just tweaking and picking guys up, but that thing makes life so much easier. Steve, I want to take a quick tour, a quick tour, detour, stop in Memphis. We talked about Tyus Jones after John Morant's injury last week. He's now had three and a half games with Morant sidelined as of this recording. Averaged 8.8 points, 5.3 dimes, 1.8 steals, and just 0.53s. Those numbers are eerily close to what he averaged in his limited chances to start last season. So that's discouraging. On the other hand, he was better offensively on Sunday, had 14 points, and he had 12 assists the game before that. So I guess at this point, you know, Jones has already been probably added in a lot of leagues and probably added then dropped in some others. So I guess if he's sitting out there, you need a point guard. I still kind of like him. I think I like him slightly better than, you know, a 9.5 assist guy. And he's only 17% rostered. What have your updated thoughts on Tyus Jones? Just kind of blah. Like, <laughs> it's just not. He's doing kind of what I thought he was going to do, which is why I was so adamant about going and getting Kyle Anderson instead of Tyus Jones. You know, the 14-5-3 line on Sunday was pretty good. He had a steal and two threes. And Friday he had the 12 assists and two steals and didn't shoot it well. But it's just kind of like shake, just a big bundle of inconsistency that's a little tough to deal with. And Memphis plays three times this week, which makes him bench-worthy, I believe. Well, let's talk about one more Memphis Grizzly. Desmond Bain, the rookie, is 5% rostered, so this is a deeper league situation most likely. His last three games feature 13 points, 2.7 threes, 2.0 assists, 1.3 steals, shooting 48.4% from the field. That was double-figure points in all of those games. Has Bain landed on your radar at all, Steve? He's actually landed on a couple of my rosters, I did let him go this morning, though, because of the three games, and I was looking for guys that played four. So, you know, in a four-game week, I'm kind of down with Bain. I, I kind of like him. He's looked pretty good. He's gotten plenty of opportunity with the John Morant injury, and I think you can almost flip a coin between him and Tyus. Bain was the 30th overall pick in the draft. Has only had He only played 11 minutes in the opener, but has been at 20 one minutes or more ever since then. So yeah, he's definitely on the radar and, and very much so in deeper leagues. I'm, I'm not quite convinced by this latest three-game run, but there could be something there. He's a guy I wish I would have gotten in 30 deep. That would have been nice. That would yeah. have been nice. A very valuable guy to have in a 30-team league. By the way, I won both of my 30 deep games despite having John Morant in my lineup for the entire week. Wow. Feeling pretty good. Hanging around. I had a big week in uh, the 30-team league. Got Clint Capella back. Things are looking up. Yeah, Christian Wood and Serge Ibaka and Chris Boucher are all kind of carrying the load there right now. You're sitting at 19-17 and 17 in the Bryant-Reeves division. Uh, it looks like that's good for fifth place. I'm sitting at 21-15 and 15 in the Detlef-Shrimp division. That's good for fourth place. So we're, uh, we're holding it down here, Steve. Holding it down. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Just a couple more names to discuss here. Gary Trent Jr. is only 16% rostered. And the numbers have not been anything exciting outside of that one huge blow-up game he had. But I do want to note that in his four active games this season, he has played 26, 6, 24, and 32 minutes. So at the moment, that six-minute game is an outlier. It looks like he's going to be involved more often than not. So he's a watch list or a hold or a stash for me in deeper leagues if he got dropped. I can't remember where you are on Trent, Steve. You, you're you not buying in? Is that where you still are? Well, no, I drafted him a lot in my leagues, and he's just kind of wallowing at the end of my bench, just kind of waiting for him to get going. He had that big big game a week ago. Uh, last Monday, he hit 10 of 14 shots and seven triples for 28 points. Didn't do mm-hmm. much else in that one, but you know he bounced back on the following game with – three of 11 for seven points. So I, I'm not starting him. I'm not playing him if I have options. I have probably dropped him in a couple leagues. I still roster him in several. And he's been a bit of a disappointment. Him and Derek Jones Jr. both Ugh. have been really rough. I have let DJJ go almost everywhere. I'm still kind of hanging on for Trent because I know he's got that ceiling, uh, you know, that potential for 28-point games. Yeah, and by the way, Trent, you mentioned the 28-point game and the 7-point game. Those were – he was out for two games in the middle of that. I believe with, was it was an ankle issue for Trent. It was a calf – he was out with a calf injury um, for a couple games. Anyways, yeah, agreed with you on Derek Jones Jr. He had that great game on Friday with 8 points, 8 rebounds, 5 steals, and a 3-pointer, and 3 assists. You're suddenly thinking, all right, you know, here comes Derek Jones Jr. That's finally the stat line we're looking for. Of course, he follows that up on Sunday with three points and one rebound in like 16 minutes. So I, I can't I can't be on this roller coaster any longer, <laughs> Steve. I love Derek Jones Jr. I think he's such an exciting player, but I think I'm trying to force fantasy value to be there. Matt, while we're in Portland and while we're talking about waiver wire pickups, how and why is Ennis Cantor putting up better numbers than Yusuf Nurkic? It's really weird. Cantor's averaging 12.5 points. Nurk is averaging 9 points. Uh, the rebounds, Cantor's averaging 9.2. Nurk's averaging 7.3. I don't know what's going on. And even Nurkic, he's not even blocking his shot a game. And Cantor doesn't block shots, but... That's beside the point. Yeah, Nurkic is it's getting a little scary on one level. Ryan and I talked about this on the Friday episode where I you know, we have to adjust our expectations, I think. I mean, Nurkic is also at the same time too good of a player to struggle like this for that long. I mean, his last three games we're looking at four, eight, and seven points. He did block two shots 
in two of those games. So four blocks in his last three games. That's good. But he's just not doing what you expected him to do if you drafted him. I also think, I mean, look, Portland has had some lopsided games as well. They lost to the Clippers by 23. They beat the Warriors by 25. And then they lost to the Warriors by 15. So it's been a weird start for the Blazers. I think, if anything, I would be trying to trade for Nurkic in a fantasy league. If I have him on a roster, I am not panicking and, and making low ball offers where I'm trading him for you know less than he's actually worth. Yeah, and I also think um, that Ennis Cantor is worth a look on your waiver wire if you need a center just because he, he's putting up pretty decent numbers. And then while we're still in Portland, barely, Robert Covington is doing his best Kelly Oubre impersonation. Oubre is getting it turned around finally. Covington is still just not doing much, but he's playing 31 minutes a game, man. I, I just think the production has to follow. He's not going to score, but the steals, blocks, and threes at some point have to get going. I'm, I'm just treading water with Covington. Steve, let's close this out by talking about another struggling big guy, Hassan Whiteside. I mean, I don't even know if I don't even know if the word is struggling. He can't get on the court. Yeah, he was a DNP against Houston on Saturday. Played like five minutes or three minutes the game before that. Three minutes the game before that. Six before that. <laughs> There's been no report of an injury, right? I'm checking his blurb on Roto World. No, no, no. he's just not playing. Um, he's just out of the rotation. It's frustrating. I made the mistake while I was perusing through numerous leagues to go back and look at some of the draft recaps. To One, I was trying to figure out how my wife got Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Brad Beal, and Paul George in one league. Wow. Which that two, was that a two-man draft? <laughs> that was not a two-man draft. That was a, that was a nine-person draft. And she's dominating the league right now. I'll say. I don't know how she pulled that off, but... Uh, then I noticed that in, I think in that same league, I took Whiteside some, like early, like sixth round or something. Like, uh, And I think I took him fifth in a deep league. And I, I just thought Hassan Whiteside was going to put up numbers for the Kings. And he can't even get on the court, like you said. And I've, I've dropped Whiteside in all but one league. And the one where I'm holding him is really deep and I just feel like if I let him go I'm never going to see him again and you know at some point this season you have to think Whiteside's going to turn it around but from what we've seen the first couple weeks if you want to drop Hassan Whiteside I'm not I'm not going to argue with you. Steve you may recall I traded on this very podcast I think it was about 10 days ago maybe it was a week ago I don't remember I traded. I had actually blocked that out of my memory. I traded DeAndre Ayton for Nikola Vucevic and Hassan Whiteside a couple games into the season. One game into the season. So, yeah, was hoping for more from Whiteside. I mean, Ayton, Vuce, whatever. It's kind of... But now I've got Whiteside sitting there taking up a roster spot, and i got to decide what to do. It's a super deep league. There are never really good players on, on the wire. He's really probably one injury away from being a big-time factor. So I think I'm waiting for now and just letting that be a dead roster spot for the time being. Well, and Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley have missed their share of games over the past couple of years. So 
if you're smart and if you can do it, you hang on to Whiteside. But it, you know how I roll. If it's what have you done? What have you done for me lately? And the answer is nothing. You're more of a what have you done in the last ten minutes type of guy. Yes. Uh, by the way, Steve, I made a bet before we get out of here. I made a bet with Ryan on the Friday episode. I just want you to know, and not a good bet. I took the over. I might say I got suckered into the over on. 14.5 points per game for Lou Dort this season. I'm hanging on by a thread. He's sitting at 14.6 right now, but trending in the wrong direction with back-to-back single-digit games. But there is a jersey on the line in that one as well. I think this qualifies as a charitable act by me because I'm basically going to give one to Ryan. Uh, you know, I went back and tried to correct. Speaking of the two-man draft earlier, I went in and tried to tried to fix our lineups and fix the the numbers and uh i thought that we i set it up so we tied in week one but it's showing that you have a uh a 2-0 advantage on me in huh. in the two-man draft league very interesting yes as if you missed it we're playing that league out uh we've got loaded 50-man rosters we don't change lineups we don't make pickups we haven't discussed whether we can make trades or not which I think we should be allowed to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to battle that one out to the finish. Yeah, you've got 8,700 and something points, and I have 8,400. So you are clearly running away with that right now. All right. Well, we will. I'm sure that people are very eager for updates on the two man draft. So we'll keep those, we'll keep pumping those out as frequently as possible. Yes, I am pro- projected to beat you by 100 points this week. So there's that. All right, I'm going to go in and see what's going on with the squad. I think that about does it for us here, Steve. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you might listen. Take a moment to rate and review our show as well. That is very much appreciated. We are here every Tuesday and Friday. Ryan Canals will probably be back here on Friday. Steve will be talking some season-long trends. You and I are here every month, Monday, Tuesday, every Tuesday talking waivers. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thank you for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.